Amen. I'm trying, eh? I'm singing like this because I'm trying. I'm trying to. says believe in God and you shall be established 
Believe in his prophet and you shall prosper. You have believed in God. He has established you in the thing that you have desired. When we leave this place in the name of Jesus, may your faith see his results. May what you have been believing God for begin to materialize before your eyes. And I ask the Father do even more abundantly above what you have asked or believed or thought or prayed for. Under this atmosphere, under this cloud, under this anointing, I speak as a prophet of God. And every angel assigned into these lives I command a return of Masapra Kitaha. It is done. It is done. It is done. It is done. It's done. It's done. It's done. Some of you have been believing God for new jobs. It's done. Some of you have been believing God for new positions. It's done. Some of you have been believing God for material things. It's done. It's done. It's done. In the name of Jesus. Some of you have been believing God for partners. It's done. It's done. In the name of Jesus. Woo! Is done. Is done. Is done. <laughs> you is done. Is done. Is done. Is done. Is done. Hallelujah. You hear me, sister? It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. The Lord is telling me, you, Mama, the Lord is telling me to tell you that don't worry, all right? Because you've been concerned too much about your child's fees. The Lord says, don't worry. Because the people who promise you are beginning to pull back a little. But the Spirit of God is telling me to tell you that He will bring in an other people to supply your cause. Alright? You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about? With regards to your daughter's fees. Do you know what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. It's done. Is done. Is done. Hallelujah.
Thank you, thank you, just thank you. Lift up your hands and thank you. Sit down, sit down. Let's try again. Let's try again. And I hear the Spirit of God saying, The Spirit of the Accuser is silent. I don't know who's there for, but it says, The Spirit of the Accuser is silent. There have been voices, there have been railing themselves against you accusing you that spirit is silenced Jesus. probably somebody here knows what i'm talking about that spirit is silenced hallelujah let's try again okay 45 minutes okay 50 minutes let's try and get something out if we can't we can't right i'll try again so uh first peter chapter two chapter two Whatever happened, happened. But I wanted to discuss some uh, some things with you guys with regards to Jesus Christ, right? And I think I touched a little bit of it on Tuesday. Uh, but I want to re-emphasize certain points uh, that I think would help us. Remember when we started dealing with the the series on on on, on the first and the last Adam. We said several things concerning the first Adam, right? And one of the things I said to you was that man was created to be king. And God had given him a domain that was earth. And he forfeited that domain when he disobeyed God. So it tells us that whenever we go against God's commands, God's instructions to our lives, whatever area he has given us authority or jurisdiction over, it loses its power. So we lose authority in the area of our disobedience. So you can never have authority in an area where you are disobedient in. Okay, now the Spirit is speaking. Thank you. So we, we, we must identify points in our lives where God is speaking to us. Areas in our lives where God is instructing us to do certain things because the power in our lives comes from our obedience. So many Christians think that it is is an automatic uh, expression of authority. So they pray and nothing happens. They ask God, nothing happens. Yet they forget that the power given is only exercised as far as we are obedient. So God measures the realm, the dominion, and 
the domain in which we can exercise the power remember it says you shall receive power after that the holy spirit has come upon you so that power is resident in the holy spirit that's why i said to you that jesus christ was greater than adam because he had the holy spirit but he was not greater in that he had to go through the same processes so the greatness is what gave jesus distinction from adam but they are similar in that they had to follow the same pattern so adam must obey jesus must also obey when jesus went to uh, john he said, john said you must you must baptize me jesus said no suffer it so to be suffer it to be so now that we may fulfill all righteousness and the first thing the spirit of god does is that it leads him so we see jesus total yieldedness to the spirit of god when he allows himself to be taken where the spirit wants him to go if it is if it is right into the wilderness jesus will go if it is right into the 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 the, the bowels of war jesus will go if it is to meet satan jesus will go <laughs> if it is to go to the cross jesus will go if it's to suffer persecution jesus will go why because he is not controlled by himself so the power in his life is derived remember he says the works that i do it is not i that do but my father in me it was the power he got from his obedience you follow that so the 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 your, your territorial authority in the kingdom of god is defined by the strength of your obedience so we must find in our lives places where god has spoken Places where God had given an instruction, do this thing. That is the power of Christianity. That's why a man like Enoch could, 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 could bypass the law of sin to go into heaven. Why? Obedience. Christianity is as a result of the obedience of one man. Sin is a result of what? The obedience of one man. So obedience is the common denominator. Are you following me? So, so I said this, that Jesus was great in that he had the Holy Spirit. But there is another factor in the life of Jesus that makes him different from Adam. They both had the kingship. Jesus was the king from above. Adam was the king from below. Right? But the two of them... The two of them needed to inherit something. So it was in God's plan that in a time to come, Adam would inherit an office that would legalize him to sit and function in the power of God. And that is the power of the priesthood. I want to show you. Hebrews, I mean, uh, First Peter, right? So when we talk about the kingdom, many times we leave out the more important one, and that's the priesthood. We there? Yeah. Alright. Verse 4. Verse 4. It says, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by man, by chosen by God and precious. You also, right? As living stones are being built 
up as a spiritual house. A, 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 A what? He says you have been built up a holy priesthood. A holy priesthood. You have been built up. He is not now uh, uh, singling the priesthood to a specific group of people. He says you all who have come to him as living stones are being built up. So one of the things the Spirit of God is doing in the church is that he's building up a priesthood for God. A priesthood for God. I'll tell you what a priesthood is, right? I'll tell you what the priesthood is. And then he says to offer up. The purpose of the priesthood is to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. God's spirits listen to me spirits require sacrifices or offering to engage in the natural affairs of men it is a law of the spirit that no spirit can exercise its power in the physical dimension except a sacrifice or an offering attracted to the earth because the sacrifices and the offerings are portals through which the spirits work so, for instance, in the music industry, if, if a, the musician wants their music to sell, they must do something. Because there is a God that controls the entertainment system, the entertainment world. Remember, there are seven mountains of society. In, in every strata, there are gods, there are spirits that influence the trend. So if you want to be as big as another star, it's an industry. If you want to be as big as another star, there is a way to get into that dimension where you rise. Because men don't rise alone. Men cannot rise alone. Men require the assistance of spirits to rise up. So what they need to do is that they, they need to make offerings to the gods that deal with that industry. So he says, you are being built up as a, he's telling you something, it's a, it's a law in the, dimension, in the dimension of the spirit and in our relationship with God. He said to offer up spiritual sacrifices to who? To God through Jesus Christ. <clears throat> what? Does God need sacrifices? Does God need offerings? Do offerings make God who he is? Do offerings? No. It is not for God's sake, but it is in, 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 in benefit of us. So he sets up the law of sacrifices and offerings and gifts. That law is encompassed in the ministry of the priesthood. So when we talk about prayer, it's a sacrifice. When we talk, why? Because when we talk about praise, it's a sacrifice. When we talk about worship, all those things are <laughs> offerings and sacrifices that are the duties of the priesthood. Are you following me? Amen. Follow me very cleanly, very carefully. Verse number nine. But you 
Remember, Exodus chapter 19, he says, if you will listen to my voice and do all that I tell you, I will make you a special people unto me, a kingdom of priests and kings. So that that's the perfect will of God, a kingdom of priests and kings, a kingdom full of priests. Why? Because God is concerned with interfacing his kingdom in the earth realm. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come. So his main concern is manifesting, interfacing, in integrating the kingdom of God here on earth. So he requires a kingdom of priesthood. Not just a particular group, the Levites. No, a kingdom. In other words, the entire kingdom populated with priests. Why? Because the strength of the kingdom lies in the priesthood. That's why Jesus Christ could not reign until he inherited. I'll show you. But you are a chosen generation. You are a what? You are a what? Do you, do you know, do you realize that the four elders, I mean the four creatures and the 24 elders around the throne, their ministry is priestly. It's not kingly, it's priestly. I'll show you. But you are chosen generation, a royal, notice that, a royal, I, I mean, that same word basilos is taken from the same word king. So it's a kingly priesthood. Says you are a royal priest, a holy nation. So two special nations on earth, right? We spoke about the Jewish nation uh, last week, right? That's the that's uh, the reason why we derailed so much. And then the Christian <coughs> nation. So he says, and a holy nation, a nation set apart for God. His own special people. Hey, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Right? Revelation chapter 1. There's a reason why there's no, there's no force, there's no power, there's no vitality in our Christian experience. Because we want to we want to reign in our affairs and yet do not minister to the source of the power. That's why every power, every power that is exercised in the name of Christ with a devotion to Christ is what we call occultic power because it is power that does not derive from God it does not derive from your your service to him your communion to him so prayer more than it is a lifestyle is a duty of the priesthood Every single morning, the priest would have to go into the holy place and bring and clean the, the wax of the lampstand 
and purify and put on the fire the Bible says should never come up. Revelations, let me show you this. Now, Revelation is the last book of the Bible, right? Chapter 5, chapter 1, verse 5. He says, and from Jesus Christ. Okay, let's read verse 4 so you can understand what he's saying. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead. And the ruler over the kings of the earth, the big boss. See that? Jesus, the big boss. That's how we can report every president, every king, and file for their dismissal. <laughs> Why? Because he's the ruler over the. He says, by me, princes ring. Here's, here's, here's what's a problem in Christianity, right? A major problem in Christianity is a, is a blindness to spiritual reality. We read the Bible as a, a or we, we engage in our Christian walk as, as, as something we do religiously. It has, not been, it has not been actualized as a life to us. So we read things like this because they do not correlate with our daily life. We think, no, this cannot be so. But what the Bible is there for is to expose you and bring you into a reality that you have not been previously exposed to. For instance, some of you have never been to the United States, right? I can tell you all day long about the United States, what street, what city, what state, and so forth. But if you have never really been there, it, it, it would not resonate with you. But what? The discourse can do is that it may give you a picture and stir in you a desire that maybe one day to go there. You following me? You have never been there, but because I've been there, I introduce you to another reality that you don't know because maybe you might have only been exposed to Mamelodi, right? On El Mafias. And you can say, no, it cannot be, not be. But you've not been there. Provided the person who is sharing with you the information has integrity, character is good, and is believable. There's no reason for you to doubt them. If you would doubt them, you would be at fault. So the Bible was written to expose us into kingdom reality. The nature of God. That's why Paul says, I am praying for the spirit of wisdom. This thing I want you, I want you to, because except the spirit of wisdom gets into you. When we read these things, you'll be like, you know what you'll want? You'll want, come power, change the storm, change the rain, come down. That's what you'll be wanting. You'll be wanting, change my circumstance now. Pray for my healing. Pray for my finance. Pray for man. Why? Because your reality is, is, is bound to these elements. 
So because you don't know any other reality than your finances, your marriage, your friends, your what, what, all your prayers, all your life is geared around this. But what God wants to do is that he wants to elevate your consciousness, elevate your believing, because once your mind is exposed to the reality of God, what begins to happen is that your soul begins to superimpose on these things. That's why Jesus lived not one day without thinking about what to eat, what to wear, where he's going to drive. Every time there was a need, the what he needed appeared or made itself ready to him. When he needed a boat, there was a boat. When he needed a house, there was a house. Why? Because his mind, his consciousness was glued up to a reality that's more powerful than this physical changeable dimension. So that's why he says, set your eyes. The fear is that if I set my eyes too much on Jesus, I might lose out on this life, but it is impossible. No man who has given up all for me will in this lifetime not receive a hundredfold of houses, of wives, of brothers and sisters. So success is guaranteed when you, 100%, 100-fold success is guaranteed when you are glued up to the agenda of God. Because the kingdom, he says, now the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our Lord and of our Christ. And the Bible says that that kingdom is, the, is that rock hewn out that crushed all other kingdoms. And this is the kingdom that is forevermore. And he says we belong into that kingdom. The kingdom that crushed all other kingdoms and is the one that remained. So our kingdom is greater. Remember, this world is governed by the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of darkness, and our kingdom is greater than his kingdom. Everything that is transacted in this world is, is derivative. Is from the principles set by the God of this age. So the trick that Satan does is that let me blind their minds to think if they follow God, they will lose. If they follow the, their kingdom way, they will lose. Because momentarily, as you follow the kingdom, you lose all. <laughs> when the king said, when, when that rich young ruler, rich young man came to Jesus, he said to him, What? He said, Master. Master, hey, what shall I do to gain eternal life? Jesus says, oh, to do all the content. He says, I've done them since I was young. Then Jesus looked at him and said, one thing you lack, give all you have yeah. and follow me. And, and Jesus said a strike. He said, then your treasure shall be in heaven. The guy's face changed. Why? Why did he change? Because he was too attached. And he changed and turned before time because after the guy left, Jesus told him, no man who gives all will not receive a hundredfold of what is given. So the principle is that when you follow the kingdom, you lose everything. Why? Because God wants to give you true riches. True life. Any man who loves his life, he says, will lose it. Any man who loses it will gain it. So you come to church and because the, the, the spirit of Babylon is in the church 
every message is inflamed and puffed up by that spirit so as to make you think that all God wants to give you is a house, is a car, is a marriage, is a wife. Yet there are bigger things in God's agenda that he has designed for you than the car, than the house, than all those things. Satan is a master, master strategist. He must keep you in this level to beat you. Because he knows if you can think any other way, then naturally he'll whip you. Because he's the God that took the power from the one who had been given the power to rule in this world. So you can't beat Satan. So when he tells you to put on the armor of God, he says what? Take the, the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the devil. The shield of faith. Faith, a great defense against Satan. So he knows if you can think beyond your nature, ah, he's beginning to lose because now you are employing, you are employing forces that are greater than yeah. him. You are employing resources that are far beyond his capability. Didn't say the judge shall live by sight, say by faith. Oh, the yes. judge shall live by sight. By faith. He says, every transaction of life, if you are in the kingdom, must be carried out by faith. Oh, yes. Why? Because only faith can make Satan's work look like a child. Yeah. Because once you ascend into the realm of faith, you realize all things are possible. Oh, yes. So many Christians read the Bible with the world's mind. So spiritual realities do not agree with you because he says we want we compare spiritual with spiritual. I'm saying this to go somewhere, right? Because of what I want to read to you and tell you. So the challenge that we have is the challenge of transforming, spiritualizing our minds, mm. our mindset, our thinking. Mm. Because the less spiritual you are, the, le- the more useless you are to God. Oh. Oh. You see, except your mind is spiritualized by the word, by the thinkings of the scripture. He says, from a child would you believe the scripture, which are able to make you wise unto salvation. And you go into our churches today and you ask yourself, what Bible are we reading? If we are preaching a message that does not carry the substance, the, the viscosity, the power of the written word. It's because we are too blind to see that we are preaching, but we are using the curriculum of the world. Babylon is educating our churches. So you read things like you are a royal, royal priesthood and, and, and somebody says, ah, ah, that's, that's too superficial. Hmm. We need something that's relevant for what I am going through right now. So day after day, we find instead of the church of Jesus Christ being built, the church is deteriorating. It's disintegrating into pieces. And it's a strategy. That's why the spirit is the one that said, not the prophets. The spirit expressly says, not the apostles, not the prophets. No. The spirit expressly says that in the last days, some will depart from the faith. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. 
Why? He must weaken your mentality. He must weaken your mindset. And make you feel as though the word that you believe is useless in comparison to the wisdom of the world that is in existence. Look at you. You are praying every day, Chris. Praying, meditating every day. There is somebody running a business and the business is prosperous. You are praying. What are you doing? So the wisdom of the world ends up being attractive to you. To the point where you, you begin to relegate and push back your duties as a priest in God's kingdom because you do not understand the honor that comes with what you are doing. Men without the spirit are blind. They are blind. And that's the truth. Babylon is educating the body of Christ. He's using the Bible to educate them. Satan used the Bible to tempt Jesus. So don't you think, when the Bible talks about doctrines of devil, do you think it's doctrines of, no, it's doctrines within the word of God that they twist. It says, using the grace of God for lasciviousness. So you hear me tell you, seek reality, seek re- There is something, you see, probably maybe you still yet don't understand what I'm trying to communicate to your spirit. Because the struggle of life is not what you are facing. The struggle of life is what you don't know. What you are facing is obsolete. Because knowledge is power over crisis, over circumstances. There would have been a problem if Jesus did not know how to walk on water that night. (laughs) But because he had a knowledge, what was a problem to one was not to him. There would have been a problem if Jesus did not know how to multiply the bread and the fish. It was a problem to the disciples. He says, send them away. Send them. Jesus said, feed them. He says, how can we feed them? Even if we can take a year's wages, we still not feed this much people. Then he says, what do you have? He knew something. Because the Bible says he knew what he wanted to do. It's not what I'm going through that's the problem. It's what I don't know. So troubles perpetuate in the absence of correct knowledge. So if there's a problem in your life that's persisting, it's because you might either have an erroneous knowledge or a lack of knowledge. Jesus said, I, if, if your father if your father can feed the birds which do not toil nor reap, or the 
grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is burnt. He says, how much will he feed you, O ye of little faith? He's telling you something. He's, he's pointing you to something. That the reason why there is no supply in your life is, is due to a lack of faith. A lack of the apprehension of God's love. Because it is the Father's good pleasure to give unto you the kingdom. Yes. So you lack not because God cannot provide, but because you want, you don't have, your faith is fickle. Will God do it? Will he? Will God? No, it's fickle. It's only of little faith. Then he says, do not take thought what you shall eat. Oh God, for your father knows that the things which the Gentiles are running after is your father. Your father knows. Then he says, seek first the kingdom of God. And all, he's telling you that in seeking his kingdom, there are are, are forces that work on your side to bring into your life the things which you need. Systems of apprehension. Thank you, Holy Spirit. told you that because I wanted to read you this. Sorry if it was a long way. And some of you here, let me warn you. Let me warn you. Let me warn you. God cannot be mocked. God is not foolish. God is not stupid. If you take God's word and trample it underfoot, oh, what will come to you? He says, okay, maybe I should give it to you scripturally. Because prophetically you're not getting it. He that despises the word shall be destroyed, shall come into destruction. You cannot despise God's word that you hear and not suffer. Some people are suffering not because not because of the devil, but because of their own negligence, of their own despising of the word of God. I'm warning you today. The word that we teach is not stale bread. It's not the bread of yesterday. It's the bread from heaven. And if you, if this bread is given to you and you treat it as every other bread, woe unto you. It would have been better that you have not come into this ministry and heard the word. Your bigness, your age, listen to me, your age is nothing before God. Some people think they they have outgrown their their Christianity so they can do whatever they like. Masokra Liga Baha'i. There is sin by weakness, by weakness, and there is sin by choice. The sin by choice is what's judged. <coughs> Says he that knows the thing that he's doing is wrong, and he's condemned in his heart and continues to do it. Says he's sinning. Hmm. 
is not a Christianity of options. Asko see you. Christianity, asko see you. It's not, this is not denominational. Go. He that despises. Let me tell you what the word. The word of God. The word of God does two things in your life. Let me. Start. The word of God does two things in your life. It will either produce healing or sickness. You didn't hear what I said. I said the word will produce it. The word of God can be a, that same word can be your blessing and your curse. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> He that despises the word shall be destroyed. Despise the word of God, you'll die. You will die. Mm-hmm. Judgment comes in weird ways. Ah, hallelujah. Okay, let's read. Hallelujah. Verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests notice kings and priests so the kingdom goes hand in hand with the let me put it this way the throne goes in hand hand in hand with the priesthood the strength of the throne is the priesthood to his god and father to remember the from the throne dominion is exercised so the strength of that dominion comes from the priesthood. And glory and dominion forever and ever. Hallelujah. So he's made us kings and priests. So in the spirit, as far as God is concerned, we are kings in his kingdom. As far as he's concerned, we are priests in his kingdom. We are the only priests. 
not high priests, only priests. I, I'll, I'll show you a mystery in a few seconds. We are the only priests in all generations allowed right into where God lives. Previously, the priests were only allowed to go into the outer court and the holy place. The holy of holies was a place entered in once a year by one person. <laughs> Let's get into this thing. Hebrews. The most powerful thing on earth. If you are this thing on earth, you are you you are a terrorist in the spirit. You know what we know what the Bible talks says about Moses? Moses was a terrorist. See, have you ever read the scripture? The Bible says he terrorized the nations. <laughs> Moses. What somebody who terrorizes? Yeah, what what is somebody who terrorizes? What is somebody who terrorizes? A terrorist. So Moses was what? A terrorist to other nations. Moses. Why? Because only Moses, only Moses in the Old Testament demonstrated the the fusion of the priesthood and the king or the throne. Remember, when God met Moses, he said, you shall be as God to your brother. <laughs> God said that. He says, you shall be as God, and he shall be your prophet. But then when he took them out, God did something. You never hear of Moses being called the high priest. But Moses could go into the Holy of Holies. Moses did not need the ceremonial washings and cleansings that Aaron needed. What was wrong with Moses? Because Aaron didn't even meet God face to face. Moses met God face to face. He saw the similitude, the form of God. What was with Moses? Yet you don't hear the Bible says, sorry, Bible saying Moses was what a high priest. The Bible calls him what? The man of God. Hey. <laughs> that same man of God was able to produce the authority of the kingdom and also interface between God and man. Now you're getting what the priesthood is. The priesthood is an interfacing of the spirit dimension into the natural. Moses showed Israel who God is by the miracles that he produced and the words that he gave. Without the priesthood, there is no interfacing. There is one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. So he interfaces the spirit dimension and also what? The natural dimension. So he is both at home in both dimensions. That's the power of the priesthood. The ability to access God and access man. In accessing men, you are helping them. But helping them from the, from the resource of the God you can access. So the priesthood, when we talk about the priesthood, we are talking about the, the ministry of access. Are you following me? The ministry that allows you to access God. Remember, only the high priest could enter where the ark was, where the glory and the mercy seat of God were. You following me? But now we say we are kings to God and priests to God. So we have a greater dimension of access than the four living creatures. They are around the throne. We can go in here. 
They, they are before the throne. We can sit on the throne. We can sit on the throne because our access has, has been made possible by not only our priesthood, but our kingship. So he says, we were dead, but now we are seated together with him. The reality can only be brought to fall by the priesthood. So in the olden days, the priesthood offered up goats, cows. We don't offer those. What we offer is our lifted hands. Our lifted hand translates as the evening sacrifices. What we offer up is the fruit of our lips, making glorification to his name. Our lips therefore becomes our bulls, our cows. So if you want to slaughter a cow in our generation before God, what do you do? You go before God and you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, as you are doing that in the spirit, it is like what? It is like a burnt offering being burnt and ascending as incense. So, so you, you look at how, 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 how God visited man. For instance, Solomon. Solomon offered up a thousand sacrifices before God. You, if you want to get the same response from God, you must, you must do something that is equivalent to that. Says, with the sacrifices of praise, that is with the fruit of our lips. So probably the equate what equates to a thousand sacrifices is hours spent in prayer. So your Christianity consists of your responsibility in the kingdom as a king but also as your duty as a priest. Hebrews chapter 5. At least now I set the foundation. When I come back, we'll go into it line upon line, precept upon precept. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. Praise Jesus. You there? Verse 5. Chapter 5, verse 5. Hallelujah. So Christ. So also Christ. So, okay. Let's read from verse 1 so that you can can get this thing. Right? Verse 1 says, For every high priest taken from among men is appointed for men in things pertaining to God. You see the responsibility of the priest? He says he's taken from among men. In other words, he's chosen from, come here, from among men, right? For the people, right? In things pertaining to God. You see that? So God takes him and teaches him, shows him his things so that he can show the people why because at that time the people did not want god they said hey when they heard his voice sit down thank you when they heard his voice they said hey moses we are fine huh? 
we are okay. You, you will talk to us. This voice, we are fine. Let him speak no more. Yes, when when God, when God, when God, God said to, to Moses, when Moses went to him, he says, "What the people have said is a is a right is a true thing." Just what he said. Then he said, "I will raise another prophet among them who is like you." And I will put my words in his mouth. And if they will listen to him, that's why prophets then were dangerous. That's why, remember, notice I said then. Now, there are a lot of factors. Because now it's just a title. But I mean, who can be greater than the one who sits on the throne? And every Christian is the one who sits on the throne. How can that prophet be greater than so, you understand? So, for every high priest taken from men among men, is appointed for men in the things pertaining to God. Right? That he may offer what? Both gifts and sacrifices for <coughs> sin. So, the priesthood also stood in between God's judgment for sin by offering the gifts and the Sacrifices. See why prayer is so important? Amen. See why prayer is so important? Amen. Because without prayer, sin prevails. Because the, 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 there's no incense. So because there's no incense, the breach is open. Sin prevails. So in every city, every family, every nation, where prayer is not offered up enough, you will find that there's a degradation. He, he can have compassion on those who are ignorant and going astray. He can. That means he will. <laughs> you get that? He can. That means there's an ability to... Doesn't mean he will. On those who are ignorant and going astray. Since he himself is also subject to weakness. Because of this, he is required as for the people. So also for himself. To offer sacrifices for sin. And no man takes the... So this thing is a serious thing. Imagine Mr. Bali, right? You just see, okay? You just seen the big sea back then. You just seen a terrible sea. Your sin could not be atoned for by you. That means you could not take a, a bull or a goat and slice it open and burn it up and off. You couldn't. If you had done so, God would not respect it. Because he says, to do such a thing is an honor. Not only was it an honor, it was serious danger. So he says, you needed to go, you needed to go to a priest. And that priest, on your behalf, would offer the sin. So what you do is that you will lay your hands on that sheep or on that goat or whatever. You lay your hands and your sins would be transferred on it. And the, the, the lamb's righteousness would be transferred to you. So when they kill it, God has judged your sins in the death of that goat. So you walk away as though you were, you were clean. 
That's the power of the priesthood. Jesus said to them, He says, Every sin you forgive is forgiven. <laughs> do, 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 do you hear that? There's every sin you forgive. Then he says, Every sin you don't. He's not talking about, I forgive you. He's talking about peace. And that's why that's where the, the Romans have taken it from. You know that confession absolution? That's where they've taken this 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 doctrine for. And but they have used it for their own benefit because we have to pay penance. Again, for absolution. Imagine you have to pay penance for absolution. Absolution means uh, forgiveness of sin. So you have to bring in something and when you go to confess, you confess and then the priest will say, do you want me to absolve you, my daughter or my son? And you'll be like, then he will say, you know what the Lord requires and you take out something and then you say, you are absolved. <laughs> That's where they got it from, right? But they twisted it. But Jesus said, he gave the apostles authority to, the same authority, only remember, when Jesus walked, he says, your sins are forgiven and they were healed. Your sins are forgiven and they were healed. Now the same power to forgive sins he gave to the apostles. Imagine. And if you keep, he said, nah, you're not, your sins are not forgiven. You'll die. Like, you'll die. I'll, I'll teach you one day about it's fine. Uh, then he says, and no man takes this honor to himself, but he who is called by God. So we can see that the priesthood is a calling. Adam was not a priest. Would God have called him to be a priest? Probably. But he was not. He says, but he who is called by God, just as Aaron was. So go find out how God called Aaron. Then you will know who is a priest. <laughs> so also, now notice what he's doing. He's comparing Aaron with time is up. One o'clock. Amen. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Five more minutes. So also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was said to him. Yeah, Matre. It was It was said to him. It was not said to Adam. It was said to Christ. It was who said it? It was said to him, You are my son. Today I've begotten you. And he also says in another place, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Now notice how he offered up his sacrifices and gifts. Who in the days of his flesh offered up prayers and supplications and sacrifices with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was hurt because of God's faith. Though he was a son, though he was a son, Yet he learned what? Obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Called by God. Do you see that? Even Jesus is a calling to be a high priest. We'll deal with that later. By God, according to the order of Melchizedek. What I wanted to show you there was the fact that Jesus Christ was called also into this ministry. 
he was never called to be a king. He, he, was, he was always a king. Who? He was never called a king. Was he ever called a king? I mean, was he ever called to be king? No. Who, who will call the king? The, he's the ruler. Did you, you heard? He's the ruler over the kings of the earth. Who, who will anoint him? So his calling is not, he's not to be king. He, I didn't even say he's born king. He's Jesus, he's God. <laughs> but he's called into the priesthood. Now, notice what God needed to do for, for that to, ha- to happen. God needed to become man in order to, to what? To call himself. As though to say that there was a limitation in the progression of the revelation of God until God duplicated himself or, or re- refashioned himself as a man as to open up another dimension. Okay, think in convenience or so. Hebrews 9, quickly. Verse 6. Now, when these things had been thus prepared, the priests always went into the first part of the tabernacle, performing services. But into the second part, the high priest went alone once a year, not working not without blood which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed in ignorance now listen to verse 8 the holy spirit indicating this the holy spirit indicating indicating this in them in the high priest remember the priests went in every day into the first part the second part only once a year the high priest would go and not without blood and with strict rules once a year so you go in once a year they would go into the two parts ah follow me the 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 the, the in chapter 8 the bible tells us that moses was told by god to build the tabernacle according to the pattern showed him the pattern of the tabernacle that moses built was in reality the sanctuary of heaven it was a real sanctuary in heaven that god told moses to to build according in heaven Heaven is, is parted into three dimensions through sex. There is the outer court of heaven. There is the inner court of heaven. And there is the most holy place of heaven. Are you following me? So he is saying that in the priest doing this thing, going to the first part every day, you are saying that the, 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 the way into the entire outer and holy place, everybody was walking in from that time. Everybody was walking in, walking out. But in that, the priests were going in once a year. It was symbolizing something. It says the Holy Spirit indicating that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was standing. So it means that there was a limitation that did not allow or prohibit people from entering into the holiest of all. That everybody, the angels, every Christ, Jesus, God, could only manifest himself in the holy place. But beyond the holy place, it was something that even God himself could not allow himself to, uh, to manifest. So he said, the Holy Spirit was indicating that the way was not open. But he did something. He built Jesus Christ a body made without what? Not of this creation, but made by God. When he did that, he began to do something. He began to indicate that there is an opening coming. There is a new ushering coming. The, the road to the holiest of all 
is open. He made for us a new and living way by his flesh, which was the faith. So when he was dying, the veil of heaven was being torn. So that not only the Levites, not only Aaron, not only the high priest, but all priests would enter. So now every day when I pray, I know I'm not praying in the outer court. I know I'm not praying in the holy place. But I'm praying right where my father is, into the holy He says, by one spirit we have access into him. Audience with God. Audience with God. Audience with God. So when he prayed, he was heard. <laughs> this will teach you never to take your prayer life lightly. There is value there. There is value there. You are stopping many deaths, many judgments. Establishing many, many of the plans and purposes of God. He's a calling. You don't need to qualify, go to university to qualify for this thing. But Christ came as a high priest of the good things to come with a greater and more perfect tabernacle. So the tabernacle, the tabernacle of Christ was, are you following me? What was his tabernacle? His body. So we have we have the, the tabernacle of Moses, right? We have the tabernacle of Solomon, the tabernacle of Hebron. Then we have the tabernacle of Jesus, which was the door into the greater place. So we'll end it there. Let's all stand and pray. Father, we thank you. You have given us access. You have allowed us to come into the place of God, commune with you, to offer our sacrifices and our praises. We thank you for revealing truth. And reality into our lives. Bless you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen.